This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact handy carrying case and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade the other handle has the saw that comes with it so i use the saw to split the pelvis and i use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out right so uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple very easy and the the knife is sharp and uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today's episode, we kind of talk about current events um and and what we as hunters and and outdoorsmen and women can do to help change the narrative around hunting and and you know uh, outdoor pursuits consumptive outdoor pursuits i guess to be more precise so before we get into that i want to talk about our sponsor which is the blue collar bull sale in somerset ohio So these bulls are herd improvement bulls and they're a great way to add value to your next calf crop. Whether you're a purebred breeder or a commercial producer, they've got you covered. The sale is going to be Saturday, March 27th. So if you're interested and you want more information on improving your herd genetics, go to Facebook and search Blue Collar Bull Sale. The information, the event will come up. You'll get more details on the event and what's going to be offered, the address, all of that kind of stuff. So check them out. Blue collar bull sale. These bulls are bred to work. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman podcast. Are you listening? All right. So today we're we're kind of doing a bit of a BS session, um, talking about some current events, I guess. But uh, before we get into that, <clears throat> Jake, Jeff, any any news you guys want to mention? Anything you've seen in the news? I saw that uh, Truth About Guns posted an article that the uh, Remington's Ilian New York plant is scheduled to restart production March 1st. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw that. I did that. see I'm, it. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. You know, I hope I hope they restart production and gain some of their historic quality back. Yeah. You know, I, I think... A lot of people feel that Remington's quality of their firearms has been tapering off over the years. So yeah. hopefully they don't just restart production and, you know, hopefully their quality controls back up and maybe even, you know, their innovation kind of, you know, they get yeah. more 
innovative. I know the last couple handguns they've tried to release were not good. You know, they just <clears throat> didn't function right, had lots of problems with them. But the article says that uh, the Model 870 will be the first firearms to roll off the line when the plant reopens. So, Right. Which, I mean, obviously it should be. I mean, that's... Yeah. Definitely their most iconic gun at the moment. Yeah. Um, and bestseller for sure. I mean, I... I don't think Remington's really made a a good handgun since the 1911. I should I should look into the patents on the 870 because it's it, that the patents on the 870 have to be running out before too long. I mean the patents yeah. on the I don't know exactly when, but the patents on the Ruger um, the Ruger 22, the 1022, the 1022, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know why I blanked on that. <laughs> but yeah, the patents on the 1022, I, I think recently have run out. And now you're starting to see like Thompson Center makes a, I don't I forget what they call it, but it's basically a, a 1022 clone with some, you know, they've, they've put some other features into it, but you're starting to see that, that, action from other manufacturers because those patents have expired yeah i would assume that probably the 870s patents have expired you know and that an eight you know that there are clones out there i just don't know what they are yeah you know because most of the major shotgun manufacturers don't need to really clone an 870 they got their own design their own pump design yeah yeah i don't know it just it's it's hard to i mean and i guess i don't know they're pretty cheap but it's hard to believe that there isn't i mean because you see more and more of these like what i think are imported shotgun brands that are sort of trying to fill that that uh like tactical you know they have a pistol grip on them short barreled um you see these semi-auto shotguns that look like an ar or you know something similar to that hard to believe that one of those companies wouldn't just basically make a clone 870 and sell it for 200 bucks or something you know yeah i guess i guess you got a point you know, because I mean, there's a, a lot of those shot because there's a lot of companies out there that make shotguns that you, you've never heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah, they show up in a sales ad and then they're there and then they're gone. And <laughs> well, or yeah, you, you walk past the gun section and you you see a gun and it's like, what is the price on that gun? Like, that can't be right. Yeah. And then you kind of take a closer look and it's some brand you've never heard of. Right. You know, and some of those brands are actually good shotguns and others aren't. So it's kind of a gamble to, you know, figure out what's what. Yeah. Well, and right now, anything, I think any any gun is selling right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it looks cool, really. 
I mean, yeah. that's kind of a lot of what the the market is right now is people want cool guns. You know, it's a lot of first time gun owners. Right. And it the functionality or the heritage of that gun doesn't mean much to them. Right. The quality, you know? reputation, that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. 870, you know, doesn't mean anything to them. Right. Now having a, you know, I don't know, pistol grip or a cool looking ported barrel, like that does mean something to them. Making it look yeah. like an AR, like that. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's, uh, like you said, hopefully some of that, that, uh, historical quality starts to come back with those and, and the, uh, Remington name lives on. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a, a scare today, if you will. Uh, a property I have access to, you know, I don't have access to hunt it, but if a deer falls there, you know, I have access next door. If a deer sure. falls there, I have permission to absolutely go get my deer. Um, drove past today, and uh, there's, I, you know, kind of out of the corner of my eye, I see a sign that looks like a for sale sign. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to yeah. lose, you know. So then on my way home, I, you know, made a point to kind of pay attention and uh luckily that's not what it was it was actually a uh uh yoder barnes sign it's oh. uh, you know this is this is where the construction is going to be signed but so i was neighbors putting a barn up yeah yeah okay and actually i think it may actually be two properties over there's a a drive right at the edge of their property and i think it's actually that drive where the barn's going up. Okay. But I, yeah, I, it made me real worried. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so the only other thing I have to report on is, you know, I had this last deer tag that I was, I was hoping to, to fill. I mean, I didn't really make a concerted effort to fill this tag. You know, I told dad like, Hey, if the deer start showing up in your backyard again, you know, let me know, uh, you know, I'd like to use this last tag if possible. But like I said, I didn't really make too much of an effort to, uh, to fill it. But today is, is February 8th. So it's the day after deer season closes. And wouldn't you know, I get up this morning <clears throat> and uh, going to get a refill on my coffee, look out back, and there stands four deer right in the backyard. <laughs> so it was one of those kind of kick in the pants, you know, like, of course, of course they waited till the day after season to show up. Yeah, it's like they know. Yeah. So I guess along the lines of outdoors and and being outside that was kind of what we were going to talk about today and we've done topics similar to this before but uh basically here recently there's you know hunters outdoorsmen have kind of 
taken a lot of bad press or the, or the press is very, very quick to promote stories that show outdoorsmen and women in a negative light. And we just kind of wanted to talk about that, talk through some of those incidents and maybe, you know, get us thinking and therefore get you thinking about ways that we can change that sort of change the narrative, um, get involved to help change that image. So Jeff, you kind of touched on a handful of these issues. You want to run through some of these, you know, incidents that have been in the news recently. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of over time, it seems that being a hunter is becoming offensive or even an outdoorsman just in general is becoming offensive if you will you know uh well how are you how are you defining an outdoorsman let's start there well i mean i think any anyone who's a consumptive user okay seems to be becoming offensive yeah you know, uh, I mean, it, I mean, this goes all the way back to, you know, Elmer Fudd's gun getting taken away from it. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, him being a hunter with a firearm was somehow offensive. Yeah. And that's, you know, to, to, I think all of us, that's ludicrous, especially because they were giving him other weapons you know, it wasn't that he had a weapon and it was a cartoon. It was the fact that he was hunting with a gun really was offensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it just seems that anytime hunting news comes up in the media, it's always the negative. You know, it's these ice fishermen were out on Lake Erie and the ice broke away and you know, they were trapped out there and, you know, the Coast Guard had to come in and spend buku bucks to come save them or whatever. Or, uh, you know, the big story that's been kind of making national news recently is about these uh, duck hunters in Tennessee. You know, there was some sort of dispute, you know, stories vary, but there was some sort of dispute between duck hunting parties and one guy from one duck hunting party shot two guys shot and killed two guys from the other group yeah you know and that made national news there was you know a manhunt for this guy because they knew exactly who he was there was witnesses right but you know it was big news every news outlet was picking up on it even Mm -hmm. i mean obviously every hunting news outlet was picking up on it but also mainstream news if you will and it just gives kind of hunting a black eye like that we're i i guess violent and you know violent or or just dumb you know because the other thing that always makes the other thing that always makes the news is a hunter gets shot during gun season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And another story, I think this was in Pennsylvania that has been making a lot of 
you know, non-hunting news sources is that some guy got arrested for squirrel hunting while high. And, you know, people think that's a just a funny story. You know, so it is making its way across the internet. But it makes us all look dumb and, you know, like we're drug users. We're all drinking and smoking and going out, you know. It just makes our passion seem not serious, you know, right. not that it's just an excuse to drink basically but the important part is drinking drinking beer and doing drugs and this is just an excuse for that yeah and and we all as as hunters and outdoorsmen see that and you know we we all know that that's the minority that's the exception not the rule but you got to think about people who probably don't know anybody that hunts may not even know anybody that owns a firearm. And so if the only exposure, even if it's just a passing news story is Hunter gets shot, Hunter shoot, you know, Hunter shoots sun during deer season, ice fishers get stuck. You know, this, the silly ice fishers got stuck out on the ice and the coast guard had to come save the day. And, um, you know, if those type of in somewhat of a negative light, you know, even if they're not outwardly attacking hunters, just the fact that those are the only stories that people hear, you know, it's going to, it's, it starts to form a narrative, right? Like, right. Outside of the, outside of the hunting community, you know, you never see, the articles of like, oh, uh, you know, hunters donated X number of pounds of meat to, you know, right. food shelters. Like, we see those in our community and, you know, in our news sources. Right. But All outside the cleanup of, events that BHA right. does where they go up and clean up rivers and, and you know, public wildlife areas and. You right. Know, all that. We we participated in one, you know. Right. And how shocked those people were that we were willing to clean up was, you know, kind of showed, you know, because we were partnering with in that event with a, what was it, a raptor rehabilitation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, probably five to one you know, hunters and fisher fishermen compared to the raptor rehabilitation people. Yeah. And just how shocked they were that, you know, they, they basically thought we were the problem. Right. And they thought that we would, they would get maybe a couple of us out to help clean up the mess we've made. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened. You know, there was a call for service and... Yeah we showed up yeah it was definitely predominantly bha people hunters and and fishers fishermen right yeah and well i i think i'm trying to toe the line here and not bring any political (laughs) like but 
we have to also understand that the narrative of the media is to paint firearms as bad. Yeah. So they're going to, because that's kind of the big pushback against the people who want to get rid of guns or limit guns or regulate guns. The pushback is we hunt hunters. You can't take a gun from a hunter. We use our gun to hunt. So anytime somebody slips up, so to speak, or a crazy rogue duck hunter uses his hunting gun to now kill people. That's why that makes national news because now we have this narrative of the hunters aren't safe. You have to take everyone's gun. You can't leave the hunters with their guns. They can't be trusted. Um, so that's, I mean, and I don't know the solution to that other than accepting that that's the world we live in. I mean, the media is regulated and ran by anti-gun beliefs, unfortunately. So, um, all the news stories, that's why you don't hear or see big news stories on the good side of hunting because that doesn't fit their narrative. That's not, and that's with everything, not just guns, but (laughs) well, yeah. So along you only see what the news wants to show you. (laughs) Right. So along those lines, I guess, where do you guys fall on the spectrum of, do you think there is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a, a puppeteer, a puppet master that's sort of, dictating the news media or do you think it's a function of the type of media that sells well if it bleeds it leads sort of thing the the crazy the outlandish but you think okay i mean obviously Yeah. yeah like you said if it bleeds it leads i think the out of the ordinary stuff is what sells So, but then I do also believe that they, and I say they very broad, loosely, um, but the media outlets do have an agenda because unfortunately that's the way the political system in this country works. So, um, there's a lot of hands in the pot, we'll call it, um, that they have to report certain, you know, I mean, certain things get reported because that benefits certain political outcomes mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to put it. Um, so I, I think it's both. I do think they intentionally do not report some things because it doesn't fit their narrative politically. And I also believe that they're in the business to make money also you know everyone is so they do want to have the top story you know what i mean i have to have i have to break it first i have to have the better story because between the three networks i want people watching my network Mm -hmm. right yeah sort of where i fall on this is uh, that media you know news media is currently broken I mean, because everyone has to report report it first, whether they're what they're reporting is accurate or not. 
And then they, yeah, they'll publish a retraction or whatever, but that doesn't get any views. No right. eyes see that. Um, and also it's kind of a story about humanity, if you will. Like it, they have discovered that negative stories are more popular than positive. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I mean, that's bad on all of us. I mean, as, as humans that we, we want to see negative more than we want to see positive. I mean, even if you watch your local news, it's more about shootings and crimes than it is about charitable, you know, good things that are happening. We need to take a quick break here and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub and their products is a great way to maintain your your deer's herd health through the winter, through these hard, you know, as we're getting through the end of February, into the beginning of March before things start to green up. That's a, that's a hard time for deer. Having some sort of feed out or supplement out for them is a great way to maintain their health so that they can get into fawning season healthy and get into antler growth season healthy. So if you're interested in that, you want to try some of their stuff. They've got their signature feed. They've got flavored corn. They've got straight mineral, which I know guys like to run in the spring. So whatever you need, they've got it. Go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors, and you can get in touch with Monster Whitetail Grub, try some of their stuff, and let us know how it works for you. Unfortunately, that feels like it's that that's something that is like hardwired into our brains, right? Like, you know, the old adage, like, uh, you know, it's like a train wreck. It's terrible, but you can't look away or, you know, like if it bleeds, it leads, right? Like that, that's an old yeah. newspaper saying, I think, right? Like, yeah. And so for as long as we've had media those are the and probably before right like you know guys sitting around a campfire back in you know before there were newspapers and you know they're gonna tell about oh so and so got ate by a mountain lion you know those are the stories that uh get told over and over and turn into fairy tales and (laughs) So it feels like those that's hardwired and then, you know, you introduce social media and you know, with that, like, I don't, I don't think any of those people set out to make what social media has become today. I think in the beginning, right. They, they, my opinion, we're, we're truly trying to make something to help people, to help people connect help people share their lives with family members or, or friends that they've lost touch with. And, uh, but they continue to refine these algorithms and how do we keep people somewhere, something shifted, right? Like we've got to make yeah. money doing this somehow. Yeah. And so the algorithms were triggered or, you know, or set up or tuned to show you things that are going to keep your eyeballs on the app, which are 
things that rile you up. Right. Because, you know. I I would agree with you, Jason. I don't think they set out to create the monster that social media has now become. I think it, like you said, it started as with all good intentions, but with anything it you got, like you said, you got to make money. And then they, once that cat got out of the bag, you can't put it back in. <laughs> right. The genie's out of you know, the bottle it, now. Right. Right. And it, you can't go backwards, but I don't think any of the original developers or design, you know, web designers or whoever intended Facebook, Instagram, pick whichever one you want be what it is today um they just that that wasn't on their radar but when you put the world's best and brightest minds on something with essentially unlimited revenue you know what i mean like it can who there's endless possibility and these people are the best and brightest minds at designing these things and it just snowballed and spiraled and now it's not at all what it started as right and i don't think they could have predicted how toxic it would become you know it 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 basically shows the dark side of humanity like what we're interested in is only the dark you know like that's what actually triggers us but then it's a feedback loop so it's more dark more dark and it just keeps becoming toxic yeah you know and it i I don't think they could have foresaw how bad it would become kind of like basically how dark humans really are kind of thing like it's kind of sad yeah and and i mean don't get me wrong i i think at some point you know, the um, like Jake, like you said, the amount of money these companies are generating or had the ability to generate money makes people do wacky things. And so I'm, I, you know, I have no reason to believe this other than my own opinion, but, you know, you've seen it enough where you start getting <clears throat> lots of money involved in, in something there's bound to be somebody show up with nefarious intent, if you will. Like they, they realize this is harmful, but if it makes money, you know, yeah, I don't really care. Right. And I yeah. think, you know, well, that's kind I mean, of where we point, are today. It's yeah. Yeah. And I also think, with social media in in general, like I think the technology evolved faster than than the government or or people could regulate it. I still don't think people understand how social media really works. I mean, I think that that documentary, The Social Dilemma, helped to open a lot of people's eyes. But if you didn't see it, or, you know, I even, I've even, you know, people saw the documentary and are like I somehow have blinders on. They're like, well, yeah, that's everybody else, right? I, it, that's not right. me. I'm not the one that, you know, has a problem. Everybody else, though, 
Um, but yeah, I, 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 cause other forms of media, right. There was things happened more slowly. There's like, you know, back in newspaper days, right. There's like journalistic integrity where you had to verify sources and, and things like that. And, you know, this all just sort of blew up and, you know, before anybody really realized what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially it was like a, I mean, I guess for lack of a better analogy, it was like the wild, wild west. I mean, it's like, there's no rules to govern or there wasn't. And still they struggle with rules to govern the internet. (laughs) Yeah. You know, anyone can say and post and do whatever they want on the internet. And then on the flip side of that, from the business side of things, they, there was no rules to govern how much information they can obtain and use and share and how they share it. And like, none of that was ever, and still isn't really regulated. Yeah. You know, and you don't even know what your information is being used for. And how they're, you know, and like you said, that documentary and if shameless plug, I guess, if you've never seen it and use social media and have access to that documentary, I'd suggest watching it. But um, it it's just mind boggling how much information and how they can pull the strings to basically, I mean, they... Like I said, it was the best and brightest minds designed this stuff. So they use human psychology and I mean, there's every facet goes into it in order to make money. The goal is to make money and that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the kind of circle this back to circle us back here. It one of the problems here is that there's now a national news media source if you will being the internet and things that are commonplace in some parts of the country are offensive in other parts of the country you know and or other parts of the country don't understand it you know uh people in california do not understand midwestern culture for the most part Um, people who live in New York city do not understand rural culture for the most part. Um, so all they see is what they see is, you know, deem as being offensive, you know, people posting pictures with them and dead animals, you know, why would you ever want to post a picture of you and some, a dead animal? Like that's, Mm -hmm. That's gross. Like they don't understand the the trophy part of that. Like and the the that to to hunters and outdoorsmen like pictures with me and my dead animal, you know, my my harvest or me and my fish. Um, like that's like you showing what you made in your garden. You know, you grew in your garden. Mm-hmm. Like it's. To, to us, there is no difference. Well, and I don't think you need to go to New York City or California. I think 
people right here in Ohio that were born and raised in a city, you know, born and raised in Cleveland, in Cincinnati, in Columbus, that, that, you know, their family didn't grow up hunting or fishing to them, you know, they think hunting is the wild west. You just go out whenever you use whatever weapon you want, you shoot whatever you want. They just don't know that there's laws and there's licenses and, you know, there's a lot of good that comes from hunting and fishing. Right. And the fact of the matter is we're, we're outnumbered. You know, we, we are a minority. Yeah. You know, so that kind of, if, (laughs) if the majority wants to pick on, you know, a, a specific minority, it's pretty easy to make them look really bad. Yeah. You know, I for example, the whole grizzly bear being de declassified thing. Um, there's a lot of people who were talking about that who had no idea, zero idea what they were talking about. You know, and all that they really saw was bloodthirsty hunters wanting to kill this endangered species basically because it's a trophy Mm -hmm. you know and they they had no idea of the ecology or anything that they were talking about um you know for especially from someone who has an education in this like i i went to school for this i i actually understand the whole system you know so it's very frustrating um and without people kind of explaining that like well yeah there's not grizzly bears all across the country you know they're nowhere near to their historic range but where they currently are they're way overpopulated and they're causing problems and by allowing people to recreationally hunt them instead of like doing a a call you know a government calling them it is going to generate funds that can contribute to conservation more mm-hmm. you know and uh, a, a lot of people I, like mountain lions mountain lions are nowhere near their historic range i mean mountain lions used to basically cover this country from coast to coast. Um, But people, a lot of people don't have problems with people hunting mountain lions. And that's because mountain lions, if you don't hunt them, they, they realize that if you're not hunting them, that they're supposed to be hunting you basically. Yeah. You know, hikers in California get attacked by mountain lions. And, just a small amount of hunting pressure makes mountain lions afraid of people and they, it kind of turns the table, but yeah, they're, if they don't have a fear of humans, humans become prey like, Oh, well that thing's not going to hurt me. So maybe I can hurt it. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, a lot of people don't have a problem with that because they understand that that you know basically mountain lions are a lot more threatening right now to people 
than grizzlies are. You don't see grizzlies that much. Um, And when you do, they uh, basically the only people that get eaten by grizzlies are hunters. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hikers, but they're not really coming in the cities yet. Well, and that's a good, I mean, that's a good example of a, a news story that in a lot of ways, you know, Jeff, like you said, kind of helps us in that it shows the need for some sort of management of these animals. The mountain lion stories. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Where, you know, a hunter gets attacked or a, a jogger or something gets attacked. Right. By a mountain lion. So, or, you know, you start to see these videos of, uh, mountain lions coming in and, you know, snatching fluffy off the front porch from somebody's ring doorbell camera you know it's like (laughs) we got to do something about the mountain lions but so we've talked a lot about the problem right and some of the problems that we see what do you guys think can be done to help how can we how can we turn the ship around how can we change the the narrative I mean, first and foremost is you, uh, as hunters, fishermen, whatever kind of outdoorsman you are, really, um, you need to be outgoing. And when people, you know, you, you need to live your passion, if you will. And if someone asks you a question, you have to be willing to to answer it and answer it in detail, you know, don't kind of blow them off. Um, especially if someone's confrontational, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. a lot of it is really confrontation. Someone is typically telling you, you know, you're a scumbag or you're wrong or whatever. And it helps to, logically explain to them you know don't just get in a fight with them you know kind of say you know if if you have some time i can explain this to you yeah you know which uh, probably most people are just going to continue on walking by you know you're fishing and you have your bucket of fish and you know people just call you an a-hole or whatever and you know you're letting those fish suffocate or whatever and you try to talk to them and they'll just keep walking. But, you know, you might catch someone who actually wants to talk or, you know, maybe it's a more of not as a confrontational situation. Maybe it's a coworker or a family member or, you know, who or maybe it's the family member's friend, you know, who yeah. kind of wants to who actually is a little bit curious, you know, I, I think my neighbors, I don't think they really hunt. Um, they're definitely pro gun. They do a lot of shooting, but every time they kind of catch me hunting, they always have questions. And I, I mean, I think it's beyond just pleasantries, you know, they're asking to, because they're actually inquisitive. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I find the, those type of interactions 
I think you can make more progress in those type of interactions than the the person that's already angry about what you're doing. Like those people have already made their mind up. They know in their head, in their heart, that you're a cruel animal. That you know your your goal in life is to hurt innocent animals. But where I've had success is, you know, and I don't I don't try to beat people over the head with it. Maybe, maybe I should be more open, um, or forthcoming, but if a topic comes up, you know, that, that is kind of related somehow to the outdoors or there's a news story that, you know, comes up in office talk, you know, that's where I kind of pipe up and I typically, ask questions, you know, like, well, what do you, you know, how do you think it works? You know, did, did you know that, or, you know, like something like, oh, you know, went squirrel hunting, you know, and it was like, you can hunt squirrels, you know, you get that kind of question. It's like, yeah, actually it's, there's, there's seasons, there's bag limits. And that, that's, that usually blows their mind. Like what? You can yeah. only shoot the so season many... and the bag limit. Yeah. Yeah. Blows yeah. people mind. Blows people's yeah. mind. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's a little bit of a unique thing to Ohio. Some states don't have seasons or bag limits or have much more open seasons, but for squirrels, you're saying for squirrels. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Squirrels. Yes. But, but, but and, anything. It, yeah. And, um, you know, then, then it just starts to spur a conversation in a, you know, it frames the conversation in a different, in a different way. And they, they typically start asking, you know, so like, what do you, you eat them then, you know, or those, those kinds of things. Um, you know, I, just, <laughs> I just went a couple weeks ago for, I was having some allergy testing done and the doctor you know, I, I told her that I start to have symptoms in the fall a lot of times, you know, around when I'm in the woods and, and hunting. And, um, she said, well, you're, you know, you're done with, you, you know, hunting seasons over now. And I was like, well, actually I'm going this weekend squirrel hunting. And she's like, so what do you, what do you do with the squirrels? I said, well, I, I eat them. She's like, oh, okay, good. I, I, I'm okay with hunting as long as you eat whatever you catch. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I eat everything. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And she's like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that as long as, long as like I said, as long as you eat whatever you catch. <laughs> I yeah. said, yeah, yeah. So those type of interactions, I think, you know, if we all do our part to, like I said, the people that have already made up their minds, like you're going to be hard pressed to, it's going to take repeated contact with, you know, uh, people have blinders on. And if they're convinced that hunting is evil, then you're going to be hard pressed to change their mind. But the people in the middle the majority, right? Because I think that's the minority. I don't know if, you, you know, what your guys' experience has been, but I think the people that are, de- at least in Ohio, you know, maybe California, things are different. I don't know. 
but you know, I think you've got hunters and outdoorsmen that get it. I think you've got a small minority of people that are for whatever reason, dead set evil. They've, you know, I don't know the, the media has framed this image in their head. And then I think you have a lot, the vast majority of people in the middle who, who maybe view hunting in a somewhat negative light, but don't really understand it. Don't know much about it. They just hear these stories about ice fishermen getting stranded on the lake and a father shooting his son during deer season, you know, and they're like, boy, that, you know, what's going on there. But when they actually talk to somebody who does it, who can speak about it intelligently, you know, I think they realize like, oh, wow, there, there's really, you know, I don't at, at this point don't necessarily have a lot of interest in doing it or any interest in doing it. But I at least now understand better that it's not the wild, wild west. I want to pause here briefly to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's is a deer scent company and they make high quality scents at very reasonable prices. So we've had good luck with their, their, their scents. They work well for us. I know it's not hunting season right now, but you can use scent for other things like getting deer in front of your camera. If you want to monitor when antlers are dropping or when fawns drop, deer are curious creatures. So they're bound to come check out the smell. So if, if you're interested, you want to try that out, check out mastinsdeersense.com or you can just go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors and get all of our sponsor information there. But I encourage you to check them out. Like I said, we've had really good success with them and we just like the stuff. So check them out, mastinsdeersense.com. I think another thing too, and unless you guys have anything to add on that, but I think another thing, you know, Jeff, I think it was Jeff, you mentioned earlier that like we see these good things, stories in our newsfeed on social media or, you know, whatever your Google newsfeed tells you, Oh, you know, hunters donated X pounds of venison or whatever. We see the good or the BHA articles about, you know, or the BHA posts about, Oh, we did a cleanup this week. We, you know, we pulled X pounds of rotten tires out of the, you know, out of the river, or whatever. We need to be training the algorithms to show us that and that people want to see that. All right. So interact with that content, like that content, share that content. And I think it'll do, you know, it's a small gesture to help train the algorithms that, yeah, people want to see the good also. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's I I hadn't really thought about that, you know, I guess because. But yeah, I I think sharing it really helps, you know, because. You know, that teaches the algorithm that you want to see it, you know what I mean? If you like it or whatever, you know, that teaches the algorithm that you want to see it. But if you share it and kind of basically force other people to see it, then there's the chance that they might actually click on it. And, you know, the algorithm then learns like, oh, well, this person sort of likes to hear these 
stories too. You know, where they wouldn't naturally see that, if you will, right. without you sharing it. Right. Or better yeah. yet, like those people, those those people in the middle, you know, that you're maybe coworkers with that don't hunt, maybe don't understand it, like tag those people in stories like that. You know, like, hey, here's, you know, you express some interest in hunting. Here's some of the good stuff that hunting does. Just to, you know, just as a way to help try to change that that narrative. I think the other thing that you see a lot, you know, we're talking about, you know, just the dark side of humanity and and <clears throat> wanting to tear other people down is like we as hunters need to stop all the infighting, name calling. You know, we we posted an article or a, 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 not an article, an episode, right, talking about crossbows. We're all crossbow hunters, but you see a lot of negativity thrown around internally between different groups of people, you know, uh, compound bows versus crossbow hunters or gun hunters versus archery hunters, you know, and like if it's a legal means of hunting or participating in the outdoors, whether you would do it yourself or not, we got to stop the, uh, I don't know, the name calling, um, you know, there's enough people outside the fold that will do that for us. We don't need to give them more ammo. Yeah. And I guess my, I mean, my sort of thing is not only do we need to not tear each other down, but we, we really need to build each other up. You know, even if it's not something that you're interested in, like we need to be a group together because the, the group trying to stop us from doing what we want to do, like they are fairly united. Mm-hmm. we need to be united you know whether you're you're hunting you're fishing you're just foraging whether you're a a deer hunter whether you're a squirrel hunter you know whether you're a fisher you know uh whether you're a duck hunter you know those people tend to get in you know spats with each other people trying to fish and people trying the duck hunt but like we all need to be united because it, it, this our our recreation will be chipped away at like it's not all gonna go away at once it's gonna get chipped away you know it's gonna be the people who are doing the craziest sort of hunting to you know the most mundane at the end yeah you know, uh, and not even just, I guess the thing that I'm thinking is like, you know, people who are hog hunting with dogs or bear hunting with dogs, like, you know, those, those people, even amongst hunters, a lot of people kind of vilify those people. Like that's not, that's not right. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, no, if that, you know, if that's what those people want to do, 
then I'm all for it. Like I support them a hundred percent. Right. You know, and, uh, I can't think of a group that is really controversial in Ohio, but I'm sure there's a type of hunting that's really controversial. Probably deer drives. I know deer drives. Yeah. I mean, people like to complain about squirrel hunters too, just, and you know, Squirrel hunters on public land ruining their deer hunts. <laughs> I, just, I must not tread in the same uh, internet pools that you do because I don't see any of this stuff. But maybe oh, I'm man. not reading in the comments and stuff. So, well, yeah, that's that's got to be uh, when when you're on the like the deer hunting Facebooks or whatever public land Facebook pages. That's all people want to complain about is a oh, squirrel hunter ruined my hunt you know where it just blows my mind yeah. like <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know but deer drives yeah people are real um well, well yeah and you got your deer drives versus your like your deer baiters if you will you know the guys who are putting in the huge food plots and like both or, those people get a lot of hate or corn piles, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Putting out corn hundreds of guys. pounds of corn, you know, yeah. it's like, and there's definitely controversial things within our, within our ranks, within our borders. Right. Right. And I mean, everyone's got their own style of, I mean, cause with waterfowl hunting, I think a lot of it is, you know, basically people who are finishing their, their birds and the decoys versus people who maybe are shooting passing birds maybe they're shooting you know taking too far shots versus people who are jump shooting birds or you know are floating a river and shooting birds like you know uh people who hunt over decoys really seem to not like anyone who does it any other way right you know if you're not if you're not landing those birds in your decoys, then you're, you know, basically a scumbag. Yeah. You know, it's kind of how, how they seem to feel. And that's, you know, that doesn't help, especially in my opinion, especially with waterfowl hunting, because those numbers are really falling off every year. There's less and less waterfowl hunters. And, you know, the, the conservation dollars will start to go to different animals if, you know, people don't want to hunt waterfowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else we should uh, mention on this? I guess I'll I'll say um, where I stand on all all the like the infighting. And, and I kind of hinted at it as like, if it's a legal means of hunting <clears throat> and you're out there enjoying yourself, following the rules, then I support you. Have at it, man. Enjoy yourself. And yeah, if it interrupts my hunt, you know, that's a bummer. You know, we should all try to be courteous of other of other hunters or other people out there trying to enjoy the outdoors. Somebody was there before you, you know, let them have the, the spot or, 
you know, we've talked about that in the past, but if it's a legal means and you're out there participating, contributing dollars to, to conservation, have at it, man. You guys yeah. got anything you want to add? I, my next thing is kind of, uh, get involved in some way. Um, join a conservation group of some sort, you know, put, put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. Like it's, it's not enough to just buy your tags and participate in the sport. Like, you know, you need to have your voice kind of heard in a, in a political way, you Mm -hmm. know, and I don't care what, group you join whether it's a local conservation club or if it's you know something national i mean we we really like bha you know we like a lot of the stuff they do but you know uh, there's plenty of them out there that do great things whether it's you know ducks unlimited or delta waterfowl or the rocky mountain elk foundation or you know the list goes on and on Wild Turkey Federation. Wild Turkey Federation. Um, And I'll say, even if you don't join somewhere, make sure your your local politicians are hearing from you on these type of issues. Because if we just sit by and don't say anything, you know, even if you're just sending one of those form letters that that, you know, a lot of times these organizations with, hey, there's an issue, you know here's a form letter and it just fills your name in and sends it to your representatives. That's better than nothing. Right. And it, it lets the, the politicians know that like we're paying attention, we're watching. And there's a lot of people out here that care about what you're trying to meddle with. Yeah. And I, another kind of thing is, start small if you will you know like i mean sending a letter to the president probably isn't uh <laughs> you know you're probably right. not going to get heard much yeah but you know if you send something to your local you know your state representative um you know you're you're more likely to be heard and that can funnel its way up i agree Yep. So. All right. Well, I think uh, that's probably a good place to to wrap it up. You know, like we said, just get involved. <laughs> let's all, let's all be nice to each other and and uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I don't want it to sound too much like a a rah rah sort of episode, but but I do think you know we can start to do things to change the narrative and you know, the media is going to do what the media is going to do, but we as individuals and, and therefore as a collective group of individuals can have a major impact on what the people around us understand or, or think and know about hunting, fishing, trapping, you know, the outdoors in general. So if we all do our part, I think, uh, you know, we could have good things on the horizon. 
All right, so that's it for this week. Kind of a thought-provoking one. Maybe it got you guys thinking, uh, you know, hopefully I would like to see us as, as a group of, of hunters and, and outdoors men and women start to try to change the narrative, start to frame hunters and, and people that participate in consumptive outdoor activities in a, in a more positive light. I know we don't have control over what the media shows, but, but we do have control over what we react to and what we share on our social media and, and what we tell our family and friends about. So I encourage you to (laughs) share, like, promote the positive things and just keep scrolling by the negative things, if at all possible. So the other thing I encourage you to, to share, like, um, tell your, your friends, family about is this podcast. So if you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you're notified anytime there's a new episode out. I also encourage you to follow us on social media. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. And you can also go over to our website, ohiohuntsman.com and check out things over there. We're, you know, trying to post content there, articles, and, and that's another way you can listen to the podcast on the web player on the website. So check that out if you would. And I want to thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next week.